This is Konzenshu, the podcast, episode 486, for the week of October 25th, 2020. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Konzenshu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Konzenshu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening, just a little bit of entertaining as well. What's up? My name is Mike. You may see me around Vigito EX. I'm kicking off this episode, and I'm wrapping up this episode. Uh, I will be there throughout the rest of it, but we have uh, one of our usual uh, multi-segment episodes coming your way. I'm actually recording this much earlier in the week. But I'm taking some time off, and I'm not going to get to editing this episode for a little bit. So the episode's about a week behind when all of this was recorded. But that may be for the best, because what you're going to hear about in the first segment kind of sets up what will be happening in the latest chapter, chapter 65, of Toyotaro's Dragon Ball Super Manga, running in Shueisha's V-Jump magazine, and of course being released uh, mostly globally. Uh, through Shueisha and Viz and various partners and such. The first segment you're going to hear is something I recorded with Ian, you may see him around as Cypher, uh, about a, a video interview that was put up on V-Jump's official YouTube channel uh, with some some key figures, well, maybe really just one key figure in there, uh, about the Dragon Ball Super Manga, a little bit about its production, uh, a little bit about what's happening right now, kind of, not kind of, but entirely spoiler-free. Um, so if you're not caught up, you can still actually listen to uh, a conversation about that, except for one little spoiler from uh, a couple months ago in the manga. If you didn't already know what one of those long communicated and telegraph twists was going to be, and maybe you can figure out what I'm talking about already by that point. Anyway, uh, we had a great discussion about that interview. Some um, reading an interview, listening to an interview, it's it's one thing, but I, I think hearing some some nice contextual breakdowns, especially from the person who who's breakdown you probably already read online. I, I think that's really helpful. So uh, you're going to check that out first here on the podcast episode this week. Then after that, I'm going to do a check-in with our wiki administrator, Therese, uh, talk about some of the things she's been working on, other folks have been working on, uh, I've been poking away at. Uh, it's always an exciting time everywhere here on Konzenshu, uh, whether it's commentary or you know just a background tasks and other things going on, major projects as well. So enjoy. I'm just going to get right into it right here and I'll, uh, you'll hear me again throughout these segments. Then I'll check in the flip side to wrap things up. Let's go. It has been a hot minute since you've been on the show. I'm actually thinking last time we talked here on the podcast, it was pre-pandemic, which may as well have been a decade ago. Yeah, that is shocking. That feels like another lifetime. It truly does. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, you know what? We talked about Jump Victory Carnival uh, bonus manga, and there is no Jump Victory Carnival this year. That's true. That's true. Can't hold that. Uh, Ian, you may see him around as Cypher. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me again. Happy to be here. We're going to talk about an interview. Um, I, I like doing this often sometimes when you know there's there's always plans. People are like, I just saw a tweet, I think, at you this morning. Like, why hasn't Konzenshu translated this in full? Like, you know what? The world's on fire. We're all very busy. There are always plans to translate things, but uh, occasionally ahead of getting those things up and proper on the site. I like to talk about it on the podcast, get the information out there. Sometimes I feel like that extra, you know, conversational context can help. And in this particular case, I think it'll make a, a world of difference. We're going to talk about a, an interview, but this is actually a video interview put up uh, alongside V-Jump's kind of like regular slew of promotional materials. 
This was a weird one, it felt like to me. Yeah, so this went up uh, on the... So V-Jump, the, the magazine that Dragon Ball Super runs in, has an official YouTube channel. And as I've learned from this video, uh, once a day at 6 o'clock, or, or most days, they will upload one official news or promotional video. So this past Wednesday, there was a Dragon Ball video, and, and they've had Dragon Ball videos before. But this one was much more uh, concerned with the creative... Uh, details of the manga than, than they usually go into. So we got an interview with one of the regular V-Jump news hosts uh, featuring Victory Uchida, who is an editor and mascot character for the magazine. Right. Uh, it's, it's a little, that's a little hard to explain. So V-Jump promotes all of its editorial and advertising staff through these different character personas that they inhabit for public appearances. But Victory Uchida, true name, not easy to find from from my searching. Uh, he is the manga editor at V-Jump. Uh, so he is one of the uh, staff members who works directly with the, the various manga artists for the magazine, including Toyotaro uh, for Dragon Ball Super. And this is different. I, I see people like, I thought Akio Ioku was the V-Jump person. Like, well, he's the editor-in-chief of the magazine as a whole, in addition to his other roles. Yes, yes. So Victory Uchida is specifically a or, or the main manga editor for the mm -hmm. magazine. Let's do a little side conversation here. One of my yeah. main kind of like pieces, I, I don't know how to frame this actually. Um, we, we talked about leaks and leakers, Julian and I, last time on the podcast episode. And something I meant to get into a little bit is how much Shueisha has regrouped, refocused, and retaken the conversation around Dragon Ball these last few months. And it started with putting out the drafts, the storyboards early. Uh, it allowed them to control the conversation and control what was seen. And those were getting put up, you know, a, a week or so ahead of when the actual issue would come out. And that's also ahead of when traditionally pages start leaking out of the magazine. Uh, and it allowed them to show you what they wanted to show you, get you talking about that stuff and, and kind of like override anything else that was going on. And I feel like this was maybe it's just going to be a one off. But this felt like a natural extension of that to me, where we're going to talk about stuff and we're going to even drop like, an announcement, <laughs> I suppose, sort of kind of we'll get to that. Um, how, how did it feel in that context to you? Yeah, well, for the past several issues now, uh, like you said, before the issue releases, uh, V-Jump has been releasing storyboards of the first roughly 10 pages of each chapter to the official Dragon Ball site. So this past week, they uploaded the first eight pages to chapter 65, and then the, the next day, the same day, uh, they put up this video interview, which directly comments on uh, yeah. those eight pages that they had released. Uh, and to my knowledge, that's the first time they've done something like that, where they've followed yeah. up on that initial preview with a video or with any other media uh, directly afterward. And I guess I do want to point out we're recording this before the chapter officially comes out. You're listening to this presumably after the chapter has come out. So you have, I guess, the full context for some of these things that we're going to be talking about that we either know or don't know. I'm really good. I don't look at anything. I'm nothing's spoiled for me. I don't know how I manage this. And I don't know what your internet experience is like Ian, these days, but it's, it's tough out there. Yeah. I, I try to avoid as much as I can. I I'm fine looking at the official previews because I know yeah, they're yeah. not going to show anything. They don't intend to be shown at that mm -hmm. point. 
Uh, but I do try to stay away from uh, some of the, the leaks and spoilers that go beyond that. All right. Well, that's just framing. So how it is we're talking about what it is we're talking about. Let's get right on into it. So this was under 10 minutes total for an interview, was it? Yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a pretty jam packed 10 minutes, though, in terms of new information about uh, how the sausage that is Dragon Ball Super is made. All right. Well, start running me through. I, I feel like we're going to talk longer about it than it actually is. But yeah. you know, that's the Kanzenshu way. Yeah, so uh, at the beginning of the interview, uh, they bring on Victory Uchida, the editor of the Super Manga and all the other manga in V-Jump. They begin by talking about the pages that went up that day. So the first eight pages of chapter 65, uh, there's some commentary on those pages and how the following pages uh, go on from them or sort of provide a twist uh, to the preview. So they talk a little bit about how the preview selection worked and, and uh, how excited fans are going to be. Uh, pretty typical PR stuff, uh, building more excitement for the chapter. Yeah, building excitement. Please look forward to it. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And and again, if you're listening to this, you probably have full context for the chapter by now. But what happens after that is uh, our host, Yumi Koike. Y- Yumi Koike. Yeah, uh, not terribly important. Our, our host asks Victory Uchida uh, sort of where the story is going from here. Uh, or as he's talking about uh, this chapter, he points out that it's reaching the climax uh, of its current storyline. And from there, he segues into the idea that, well, if this story is wrapping up, a new chapter will have to begin soon or a new storyline will have to begin soon. So mm-hmm. very, very casually uh, in the midst of this conversation about chapter 65, we have our first confirmation anywhere that there is a new arc uh, for Dragon Ball Super coming up imminently, one would assume, because they're they're talking about the climax of this storyline now. Sure. I mean, there's a couple of questions in there. Climax, does that mean, you know, one more chapter, two more chapters, six more chapters? I mean, if you talk about multiple chapters, this is a monthly release, so it could be a little bit. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. It's pretty okay. obvious from the rest of their conversation that it's not happening next month. Uh, right. But it is it is on the table or, or in the works, as we'll find out. Got it. Oh, well, let, let me ask you then just the, the way that that was phrased, like, oh, well, I, I suppose a new chapter will have to begin uh, again. I'm, I'm paraphrasing what you just paraphrased. But did that feel in Japanese like, oh, well, cheekily, I guess I don't know, maybe something or is it? Yeah, absolutely. We're going into a, a new story arc. Uh, it's a little bit of a little bit of B. So okay. the delivery and conversation is pretty cheeky like uh, oh well this is wrapping up soon so naturally it's time to start thinking about a new one Mm -hmm. uh but in the finished video itself uh when he mentions the new chapter having to begin soon there is gigantic yellow text uh (laughs) so it's a little of a little b got it okay (laughs) all right continue please so the host asks uh if he has any thoughts or feelings on how the new chapter is starting to take shape And he mentions that his first interview for hashing out the storyline, essentially, is scheduled two days from whenever they're recording the interview. Uh, We don't know if it was recorded the same day as the chapter preview went up. but So that really does confirm, like, we're we're actively working on stuff right here, right now. Yes, yes. Uh, It seems very preliminary. Um, So as far as whether Climax means one more chapter, two more chapters... Probably a little ways out, probably have a couple Mm -hmm. more to go based on the following conversation. So he says specifically two days from the recording, from the moment he is speaking to the host, he has a story meeting scheduled with Toyotaro and uh, Toriyama. So from there, he talks a little bit about what 
meetings between the three of them are like. And, and this is mm-hmm. actually one of our first new pieces of information uh, contained in the interview. We've never had anything specific on what story meetings for the series look like. We know that Toyotaro and uh, Toriyama are in communication with each other. We, we know that they exchange ideas that's been referenced before. But this is the first time, I believe, ever in any behind-the-scenes conversation on the manga that someone has specifically said, these three people are in a meeting. Uh, And in this case, it's Toriyama, Toyotaro, and then Uchida uh, as the editor. Um, He says, we three get together to start thinking of the story. So that is coming up in two days from the time of the interview. So that's happened. (laughs) That has now happened, yeah, by the time we're recording this. The way he frames the upcoming story interview and... This is a little ambiguous because of the way the Japanese works. Mm -hmm. Uh, This time specifically, he says their goal is not to arrive at a super firm idea or outline for the arc. Uh, It's more like narrowing options down from 10 to 3. That sounds a lot to me like what happened with what ultimately became the Broly film, where we know they had multiple options, at least three, and they ultimately decided on going with Broly. So... Are there, are, are there multiple options coming from the Dragon Room, Dragon Ball Room, or here are the things we would like you to consider? Uh, maybe Toriyama has some ideas of his own, Toriyotaro has some ideas of his own, and this is, all right, let's get in a room, and we're not leaving until we decide what we're what we're going to go with. Good question. Well, we know it's not quite, we're not leaving until we decide, because he, he frames <laughs> this meeting as going from 10 to 3, so it's not sure. final. Okay. okay. Uh, it's a good question, though. Uh, we don't know from his wording where the ideas are coming from. Uh, it's just, yeah. it, and as an example, 10 ideas down to three. And this is where I, I mentioned the Japanese being a little ambiguous. It's not clear if he's talking specifically about this meeting as opposed to other ones having that 10 to three feel to it. Right. It seems, it seems like he's talking generally about story meetings at this phase, right? At the yeah, start of a storyline. How this typically goes at this point. Yes, but then mm-hmm. he does specifically say that this upcoming meeting is about narrowing down those choices. So it, it feels like it's setting up the general style to these early meetings, then clarifying mm-hmm. that this upcoming one is at that phase. Uh, but it. there's a little wiggle room for interpretation. Did that sound different or feel different from, and maybe I'm just misinterpreting things, did that sound like the Galactic Patrol Prisoner arc? They knew what they wanted to do from the start of that, as opposed to this new arc where it's, well, we don't really know where we're going to go with this one. Well, it sounds it sounds general. Again, the okay. setup to this sounds general. Like at this phrase, we'll we'll be narrowing those down those ideas. And, and that's what we're doing in this upcoming upcoming meeting. Okay. The question that I'm left with is if they are now having these early story direction meetings between Toyotaro Toriyama and V-Jump editorial staff, mm-hmm. when did that start? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because th- it is possible that that is their direction as of the previous story arc, as of the Galactic Patrol uh, sure. prisoner arc, uh, because the the tone to the way the, the story arcs that coincided with the TV series uh, were presented with was very much... Toriyama comes up with drafts. He gives it to the staff mm-hmm. at Toei Animation. He gives it to Toyotaro, and then they take their various spins on it, right? And they collaborate right. from there. But this idea of having generative beginning of a story arc idea meetings, uh, it's not clear to me that that's been something that's happened from the beginning of Super. That may have started at a certain point. 
uh, sure. as far as the manga is concerned. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So he talks about this upcoming story meeting. So they'll narrow it down from 10 choices to three, uh, figuratively or literally. Uh, so in, in very early planning stages. From there, let's see, the next creative process detail that we get uh, or, or I guess the the second largest process detail that we get from the interview is the nature of how Toyotaro and Toriyama interact once it comes to actually creating a chapter. Mm-hmm. So we now know that they have these uh, early phase story meetings. What we get from this that we haven't had before is how exactly Toyotaro gets his drafts to Toriyama for correction. Mm-hmm. So we know from the back of uh, collected volumes that Toriyama will review the chapters once the storyboard is completed. He'll leave correct corrections, uh, sometimes with text, sometimes actually correcting the artwork itself. Uh, this is the first time that they've clarified how that works. So Toyotaro will complete very detailed uh, storyboards. They talk about how detailed his storyboards are compared to other artists. And the, the reason for that is they're basically the finished line work. He turns that into editorial, and then editorial hands that draft back to Toriyama for an additional check. So that seems to be the way Super has always worked as a manga, but it's clarified that that's still the process now. The two big details we have on the creative process from this are, one, the idea of these story generation meetings, uh, Mm -hmm. two, the idea of how the manga gets to Toriyama, and something that I've noticed people taking interest in with that second detail is, and, and the first, the story generation idea as well, I've seen a lot of people react to this as if it's new information that Toriyama is still involved creatively in the manga. Yeah, that seems strange to me. Yeah, I, I mean, we we can talk a little bit about why that surprise might exist. Um, okay. One thing that I want to clarify, what is not new from this interview is that Toriyama is still involved. That There is sure. no new information there. And the capacity of his involvement is also not new information. Uh, We've always known that he was providing chapter corrections. We've had those within the Galactic Patrol Prisoner Arc uh, volume releases. We've we've had those direct corrections from him uh, as bonus Mm -hmm. features. So we know he's still approving the chapters. We know that he was involved in the planning for this arc. We have a couple of statements to that effect. Uh, One is from January 2019. Uh, from a Psycho Psycho Jump interview or Psycho Jump statement from Toyotaro about the beginning of the Galactic Patrol prisoner arc. This is Mm -hmm. on the Konzenshu website, the translation archive. He says, we have finally entered a new chapter, etc., etc. He describes the arc. I'm teaming up with Toriyama-sensei and getting a lot of praise as I make it. I'm hoping to make it an enjoyable story that will thrill you all, so please look forward to it. So that was part of the announcement for the Galactic Patrol prisoner arc. So remember that. Yep. 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 Toriyama involvement there. Uh, The next biggest overview of who is involved in the arc and to what capacity came from a pre volume 11 interview with Toyotaro that was posted on the official Dragon Ball site that contains a lot of details about who was responsible for what in the arc. And one of the most interesting pieces in that was Toyotaro uh, taking direct credit for the designs of Moro and Merusu, so that the mm-hmm. two big main characters, the new uh, guest hero character and the new uh, villain of the arc. So that that is a change from previous arcs. So in all of the previous super arcs, we know that the designs have come from Toriyama. Uh, he's been very front and center with taking responsibility for the overall direction of the story. I, I guess the the only 
the only slight difference in there would be the the gods of destruction where they collaborated with each other. That is, they kind of like split true. it down the middle, and a couple they did direct collaborations on. But yeah, that was that was Toriyama Designs. We got Toriyama Designs, which maybe we'll mention with regard to something else here. Uh, but yeah, Toyotaro's you know busting some design chops here. He did yeah. um, Shirasu for for Heroes, and then he gets to do a little bit here. Was that interview the the post on the site? Was that where he had some of his little goat figures up on the desk? Yes. Yeah, okay. he talks about needing to model 3D goat figures so he can draw Moro's, horn, Moro's horns correctly. That's right. I was adding uh, that stuff to the wiki. I was like, oh, yeah, we didn't translate this. <laughs> I I've, I've, may have a draft of that uh, that I'm looking okay. at right now. All right. Uh, what we got out of that interview was Toyotaro is clearly taking more of a creative lead on this arc than he had been. Sure. Uh, and, and we don't need to clarify it or qualify it any more than that, right? We know that he's designing main characters at the very least, which is right. not a role he was into that capacity in previous arcs. Uh, but in that same interview, we also have details about Toriyama coming up with a, at that time, unrevealed twist for the character of Merusu, which mm-hmm. we, we now know to be that he was an angel. So even within that interview, you have details about Tor- Toyotaro being in a an elevated creative position, it seems, but also uh, allusion to very direct ideative involvement from Toriyama. So sure. there's never been a question of Toriyama not being involved in the arc. But I think a lot of fans had grab, uh, grabbed on to the idea of Toyotaro having an elevated creative position and mm-hmm. designing the main characters in that way, uh, even some of the wording in the arc promotion. So in that uh, sort of arc teaser statement uh, I looked at a moment ago. The language in that is, I'm teaming up with Toriyama-sensei and getting a lot of praise as I make it. The language in promotion has been fairly different in this arc from previous ones. So on the one hand, I think, yes, there is very, very much call to look at all of the information we have and say, okay, the creative balance of this arc is probably different than it has been for the uh, previous super storylines. But yeah. at the same time, there's never been a question of Toriyama not being involved. Uh, so so to, in that capacity, what we hear in this interview is not new information. So one of the other uh, aspects of story generation or, or Toriyama's involvement that is touched on during the interview is the idea of, quote unquote, the, the power balance of the meetings. Uh, So one of the hosts asks Uchida directly, how would you describe the power balance of these story meetings? And his answer is he would place Toriyama at about 100 million, Toyotaro at about 10 million, and then himself at negative 100. Again, that's something that's tempting to read into. Yeah, because we feel like, oh, Toriyama can do whatever he wants. No one says no to him. And this feels like that backs that up a little bit. Yes. So the reading I have from that is at the very least that Toriyama does have the final say. Right. So Toyotaro can offer ideas, but if Toriyama wants to shoot them down, he brings out his 100 million power level and away goes that idea. Uh, I don't think there's much to read into beyond that. Again, I've seen people eager to use this as, oh, well, this means that all of the ideas for the arc are still coming from Toriyama. We don't know that. Again, if you pair this up with previous interviews and statements about the arc, it seems like there is still a higher level of creative involvement from Toyotaro than there has been. But uh, this does clarify that Toriyama is in that ultimate role of editorial control. Um, so there's not a whole lot of new information there. Again, this is 
pretty much what we've been told the the workflow is from for super from the start. Um, but it's something you can pair up with, with other interviews and statements surrounding the arc if you want to play the guessing game of exactly how much <laughs> each party is involved. So that's what we get out of the creative details on Super from this interview. Uh, there is a couple there are a couple of sort of odd miscellaneous comments about Super worked in here as well. One of the conversations they have is about Ultra Instinct or Migate no Gokui. Uh, so they talk about how clever the name pun is in Japanese. Uh, there is a, a literalization of the characters in a word for selfish that represents the body moving on its own. They talk about how interesting its movement is on the page. Uh, and there's a comment from the host about being shocked by seeing it in the manga for the first time and then being surprised again once she saw it in the anime, which is a, a little... Uh, a little questionable as a comment because it, it seems to present the idea that it debuted in the manga ahead of the anime, which was not the case. But, you know, they're talking up the, the manga. They're they're doing a bit of PR for it. Victory Uchida has a comment about uh, being shocked by the silver hair when he first saw Toriyama's design. So he mentions in an early generative, me generative meeting or an early story meeting with Toriyama and Toyotaro, when they were discussing the idea for Ultra Instinct, he did not picture it uh, being accompanied by a visual change. So mm. when he later saw Toriyama's design with the silver hair, he was really surprised by that, uh, which is interesting. So uh, I guess people can look into that as far as what the initial intent uh, behind Ultra Instinct was. Uh, it was not initially brought up as, as a new form or, or something that was accompanied by a visual change. Uh, he has another interesting comment that follows that where he talks about being wowed by the kind of stoic expression uh, on the art that accompanied uh, <laughs> the, the art that first showed off the silver-haired Ultra Instinct design, uh, which first debuted. Let's see, you you had that. It first showed up in a V-Jump, V-Jump in April 2018. Yeah, so those, it was the April 2018 issue, so it was that February that, that came yeah. out. Okay, so we, we first got Toriyama's design for Ultra Instinct in, in this April issue of, of V Jump in 2018, right? That, that's when we got it. So obviously they got it much sooner than that. Yes, yes, and yes. This he... is also something I was trying to hash out. I very vividly remember seeing that form for the first time in a Xenoverse Two trailer, which I believe was part of a live stream a few days before uh, that issue came out. Because the trailer formally went up, I think, on the 23rd. I could be totally wrong in it. It was all like within the span of a couple days, but that was around the time we got it but his comment is specifically on Toriyama's design Toriyama's which is design, really funny right yes so we, we have Toriyama's design it was published in that issue in fact we've had that design since 2013 yes yes for all the world it is just a recolor of his battle of gods uh super saiyan god goku design uh instead of red hair we have silver hair and, and the eyes uh recolored to match so for him to specifically praise the the stoic expression on this new <laughs> Uh, impressive Ultra Instinct Goku art is pretty funny uh, having the actual image to compare that to. And it, it's very possible that he doesn't remember that it, uh, you know, right. was edited from the Battle of Gods art. Uh, but having that image as a fan, it, it's pretty funny to hear that comment coming from the interview. I feel like one final framing I want to do for this interview, and I also feel like I'm a bit of a broken record on this kind of stuff, but who knows who's listening to this for the first time? You know, oh, I want to learn more about this stuff. How does this all work? 
I think it's very important to note that none of these interviews are ever hardcore investigative journalism. These are all propaganda pieces. They're telling you exactly, to my point earlier about combating leaks and leakers, they're telling you exactly what they want to tell you when they want to tell you it. This is all generally pre-planned and other than maybe like a funny off-the-cuff answer that you get in the middle. They know what they're going to tell you before they turn that camera on. Yeah, I, I think that is really important to note. And especially when it comes to the guessing game of, of who has how much creative control at this point in the manga, uh, which is definitely a point of interest for a lot of fans. They're never going to say, e- even if Toyotaro is writing 95% of a storyline at this point, they're never going to go into those details, right? They're, yeah. they're very interested in having Toriyama's name on the manga. He is still clearly involved. That's always the spin they're going to put on things. And, you know, it's not there's no I don't get the sense that anything in material like this is is lying to the audience. But there are definitely things left intentionally unsaid whenever you have material like this. I guess my my final question for in the interview is that key piece about, well, I guess we're going into a new story arc. (laughs) I feel like everyone's had their own, I was going to say opinion, but everyone believes what they believe to be true. (laughs) Everyone assumes, well, they're definitely going to do a new movie and they're definitely going to do the moral arc. They're definitely going to end the manga here. This is definitely the end of the manga. No, they're definitely going to do a new story arc. Well, I, they just told us they're going to go into what sounds like a totally brand new story arc. What are your thoughts on that casual but intentional drop during a, a YouTube channel V-Jump mini interview? So this is actually maybe the most intriguing part of the interview or the reveal for me is the nature in which it was revealed. Because yeah. Dragon Ball Super from the start was this huge multimedia initiative, right? <laughs> yep, we, yep. If, if you think back to the, the initial five arcs, so count. Well, hold on. Initially, it was, we're going to do a TV series. We don't even have a logo for it. <laughs> all right. All right. No, no, we're going to do a comic too. All right, hold on. <laughs> we're getting there. Right, right. It's, it's been a strange ride. But <laughs> I, I'm thinking even back to uh, when we had the the sort of between arc episodes after the future Trunks arc before sure. the, the Universal Survival arc. I remember magazine spreads, right? Huge announcements for these yeah, two yeah. episodes with Hit. Uh, so <laughs> right. it was this, right. Every new story detail had a big multimedia push behind it. And starting with the Galactic Patrol prisoner arc and continuing into whatever this new arc is that has now been teased, it's very much been sort of a low key. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're, we're getting ready to do the next chapter of the manga now chapter being synonymous with storyline here, right? Arc. Ready yeah, to move yeah, into, yeah. yeah, a new phase of the manga. And that's very different from what Super started as. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm wondering, especially since they're talking about these generative ideas between V-Jump editorial, Toriyama and Toyotaro, if the workflow is now, the creative workflow, if it's now closer to what a standard monthly or weekly manga would be than what it started as, which was this mm-hmm. huge, okay, let's get the anime team on board then let's have this promotional manga running it really feels like it's shifted gears into something that is uh much different from that initial multimedia campaign and quite frankly sustainable at this point i mean you had toriyotaro designing characters that i mean as the manga author that would debut in the tv series first and try to dictate that i mean we can think to so many examples of when things were, were falling apart and changing last minute the jiren and the topo stuff I mean, (laughs) the stuff that had to change so last minute in that production was crazy. And this, like you said, just does feel like a low key. We're we're, we're doing all right here. We're just 
let's let's just keep going at this pace right now, especially in the climate of coronavirus when I mean everything's kind of come to a standstill. Super the the manga really feels like we're good. We're good here. Yeah, it it doesn't mean that it it will be adapted or it won't be adapted, but for right now the conversation surrounding it and the creative workflow details we're getting make it sound much more like a traditional manga than what the series began as well again by the time you listen to this you've you've read chapter 65 <laughs> you know what all what was the twist what's going on uh and we kind of have a tease for again what'll happen next month and maybe the the month or two or three or six beyond that who knows uh it's coming up soon uh thank you much man uh and <laughs> i was saying in our chat like i always have these I- ideas about episodes and then i forget to actually ask the people to do them and then the weekend goes by and i'm like oh crap so thank you for kind of like the last minute agreeing to do this i'm glad we could find a time um especially uh, i'm taking today off so japanese uh time zones are difficult to work with especially during the week so thank you again yeah thank you for finding a time when i could record uh on a weekday in japan uh it's late evening here all right so i'm gonna let you uh hang up and uh get to rest but thank you one more time and uh, i'll see you next time all right thanks for having me Joining me for a wiki, some wiki editor, it's a, it's a wiki administrator check-in. Therese, welcome back to the show. Hi, nice to be back. So you've been really running things for, uh, I mean, overall for a long time now, but especially the last few weeks. Uh, I mean, I look at the recent changes log and you're, 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 you're yeah, crazy. Um, I guess so. Uh, Sody's been in there a little bit uh, with uh, his animator pages, which is great. Mm-hmm. So he's he's the only person breaking up my uh, domination of the recent changes log. I kind of want to, man, because there's these different buckets of things that you've been working on. And people who've been listening to the show and listening to the check-ins have heard this, like, oh, the music stuff and the episode pages and um, manga projects. And that also gets into, like, all the random things you're, you're acquiring. Like, you're turning into me in terms of, it sounds like every other day you have a package arriving from somewhere for something, some kind of project. I guess I can hit that first uh, okay. the manga project, which I'm not getting back to too soon one thing that i'm waiting on is i need to complete my collection of the original viz graphic novels mm-hmm. like those the bigger ones are what you're talking about before they rebranded it into the shonen jump sized right and they only did 10 of each so 10 dragon ball and 10 dragon ball z volumes and i think i have eight dragon ball and nine dragon ball z volumes so i'm almost there okay you're almost there. And are you specifically going after first printings of those or just whatever you get? Uh, I haven't been, but that's what I've been getting. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> there may actually only be first printings now that I Yeah, I, I I wondered about that because uh, I don't know how long they ran for. Yeah, I'd have to go back and see what the release dates were on those. But I mean, they only got 10 into those. So that seems like you know, they ran through it and then, all right, never mind. We're going to rebrand and reformat you know across the board for everything they were doing. I'll need all of those for the censorship documentation mm-hmm. because yeah. uh, some of the worst censorship is in those volumes, but it was only the first few. And then they started putting the uh, 14 and up stickers on them, right, or right. not stickers, but banners that are printed on the cover. So yeah, once I get all of those, I might get back into the manga project, but I'm not really thinking about that right now. I mean, I, I feel like at this point, the 
the basis for what we were looking for is kind of beyond what even I expected there would be at that point where, you know, talking about the monthlies, talking about those graphic novel releases, we've got base pages for all those things. And I mean, then you go back to just your manga stuff. It's, it's incredible. It's crazy. It's incredible. I love all of it, but you're like me where you work on something for a while. It's like, I got to break this up. The, it starts to get monotonous, even as interesting and, you know, important as it is, like you really just got to get into some other stuff. Um, so I, I see you definitely have been getting back into uh, Sumitomo, uh, cataloging Dragon Ball Super, just episode pages. Uh, you were in GT for a little bit. You've been all over the map. Where do you want to go and um, talk about some of the things you've done? Can we talk about GT actually a little bit? Because um, you mentioned to me that Julian was doing some stuff with you. Uh, is this just a matter of, I, I feel the way you described it, like no one can cared enough to really get down some of this info yeah like uh some of the characters name puns were mm-hmm. you know a mystery like they weren't in uh the guide that herms did and i asked and everybody was like uh you know <laughs> who was that what? yeah like nobody knew nobody cared nobody wrote it down anywhere and it ended up that you know these name puns weren't even that hard to figure out. Like yeah. I figured it out myself, you know, and I don't know <laughs> Japanese. Like, <laughs> I, I love that. That's, that's such a great feeling when you look at something, you go, I know what this is. I got this. And you check with Julian and you're right. And you're just like smile on your face the rest of the day. Yeah. And, uh, I was just amazed that, you know, 20 years after this show came out, there was still all this stuff that nobody had even bothered to figure out. Yeah. So I don't remember what got me started on GT pages. Um, I don't either at this point where you just you felt like watching something. different. Oh, I remember what it was. Yeah, I was watching because I always watch something when I'm eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually news shows like whatever is on the news websites. I'll watch that while I'm eating so that I don't feel like I'm wast- wasting time. It's like a personal quirk of mine. Nah, so I, I was it. watching GT because I was thinking it's GT. I've never seen it all the way through in Japanese, so Mm -hmm. I'll just watch it in Japanese while I'm eating, and it won't even tempt me to do wiki work. Ah, I know what that's like. Yeah. (laughs) And that that just didn't happen, right? You know, um, after I got about seven or eight episodes in... I was like, nope, I got to start making wiki pages for this stuff. Well, it's the kind of thing where if it's like, I just realized this, I just saw this. I If I don't get it down, I'm going to forget to do it. And then I'll be kicking myself because then I won't remember it. What I did was I went to the Universe 7 page mm-hmm. and we've got a list of planets going on the Universe oh, 7 page. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's like a different topic, which I will shortly get into because... We have this comment in Dragon Ball Super from Shin, the <laughs> right. Kaioshin of Universe 7, that there are only 28 planets in Universe 7 that have um, intelligent life. I'm going through and trying to organize the planet list where you can separate it and say, well, you know, these planets probably don't count because they're in anime filler or... GT or whatever, you know, so I'm just separating it based on where they come from. So I started the GT section on the Universe 7 page and started making the planets one by one that they visit in Dragon Ball GT. So yeah, because that early arc, I mean, they're bouncing from planet to planet looking after the Dragon Ball. So once you get past there, like those, that's pretty much all the planets in GT. Yep. So I'm making pages for the planets. I'm making pages for all the characters on those planets and, you know, a few items here and there, things like Mount Calvo, 
Mm-hmm. And then I had to watch two whole episodes dubbed. I've seen the whole series dubbed before, but it's been years. So I watched two episodes on Planet Calvo dubbed because apparently the English name for Planet Calvo, which is based on Volcano, mm-hmm. is Gilbo. Um, and I don't know where that came from, you know, because I'm sitting here watching the dub and they never mention the mountain or the planet by name. So I'm like, where does Gelbo come from? Mm-hmm. And it turns out it's from Dragon Ball GT Transformation, uh, <laughs> which is a video game. And of course, I've never played it because I don't play video games. Uh, stuff like that. I just little details here and there. And I spent probably two weeks making GT pages and then I was over it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, luckily, the series is only 64 episodes. That's one of those things where, yeah, you, you made a significant dent already. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we only have 10 pages made episode pages for Dragon Ball GT. And that's about as far as I got. Yeah. But like you said, you branch off of that. You do characters and locations and planets and that kind of thing. Like there's a lot more to it than just, oh, I did 10 episode pages. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't even do the episode pages. They were already done. Um, So I just did all the miscellaneous stuff associated with those pages. And in the middle of all that, Julian went out and got a weekly Shonen Jump 1995 number 52, which has some two-page spreads of the planet illustrations that uh, Toriyama did and some information on has Giru and uh, the Capsule Corporation spaceship, which we still haven't decided what to call that. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) I think I just called it Capsule Corporation Spaceship parentheses. Dragon Ball yeah. GT. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Yeah, that's the kind of thing. I, I mean, certainly we've seen Toriyama's illustrations before, but when you go back to the original, you know, first printing of that stuff, like, oh, there's a caption over here. Oh, there's a little sidebar over here. Uh, it, it's good to take a look at that stuff and see, all right, what were they saying at that point? Right. So uh, Julian translated the little bit that they gave about Giru, and Cypher translated the bit about planet Monmouth. So I added that to their pages. And another thing that's nice for GT stuff is that we have uh, Nakatsuru designs for basically every GT character. All of that is in the Human Racial Dictionary in Chosen Shoe number four. We have a lot of information for the GT stuff. We just have to get it all down. Yeah, there's there's actually more GT stuff than you think there is between the Chosenshu and the Perfect Files and the uh, the Dragon Box book for that. And now we have the uh, the anime comic. Got the three volumes of that out so far. I know there's some interview stuff in the back that we want to get translated at some point. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm from the older audience, but I, I find information about GT more historically interesting than i do about super production interview stuff i don't know maybe it's just because gt was still new when i got into it it's really hard to put into words to me i I guess because gt still feels to me like part of the original run and therefore history and i'm generally interested in older stuff than i am current stuff yeah well the super stuff is kind of easier to find it's more accessible in general so that probably has something to do with it because You know, with the GT stuff, you have to dig it up just like you do for the Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z stuff. Yeah. And I guess for the super stuff, 
maybe other people have talked about it too, so you don't feel the need to work on it as much or or dig for things. It's like, oh, all right, someone else will probably have tweeted about it or, you know, like an Italian or Spanish site will have covered something. That's at least a reference. Oh, we can get back to that. Someone did something with it. I feel like for a lot of the GT stuff, just never got touched. Like you're saying with some of the name puns, just no one ever bothered. So it is kind of crazy because I've been asking around with, you know, our larger circle of Dragon Ball nerd acquaintances, mm-hmm. you know, when I have questions about stuff. And it's just kind of crazy how little people know about GT <laughs> in general. Like, yeah, we saw it, but like it just didn't stick. That's I feel that way about GT. I've always felt that way about GT. It just never sticks with me as many times as I try to rewatch things. I just never remember it. Once I'm done with all this wiki stuff, I will be like the GT expert whether Excellent. I want to be or not. <laughs> it's just going to it's just going to happen that way. So what else you got going on? Well, one good news thing is that I finally finished a project that I've been working on for 2 years, which is I finally got episode pages made for every super episode. And what had stopped me from finishing it before is I hit a snag in the Sumitomo catalog and I wanted to take a break from that and only had like 10 or 20 pages left to make at that point and I was making pages at the same time as I was putting the music table on the page so I just kind of stopped everything at once when I hit the snag in the Sumitomo catalog so I'm back to that I figured out what to do with the Sumitomo stuff I got all the episode pages made and now I just have to finish making the music tables for those pages Um, and I've got about 20 of those left I did the special last night before I went to bed, which was episodes 109 and 110. What was the snag with the catalog? Was it you couldn't tell if something was kind of like um, stock music or something like that? Yeah, there's this one thing. Um, when Trucks goes to visit uh, Gohan, Gohan does this little great Saiyan act. Mm-hmm. And there's this music that is playing while he's doing that. And I, I didn't have any really strong feelings about whether it was actually Sumitomo or not. I was trying to figure out, you know, should I put it in the Sumitomo catalog or should I classify it as something unknown? And I just couldn't decide. So I just quit cataloging Sumitomo at that point and went (laughs) to go do something else. I don't remember what I went to go do, but that was probably more than a year ago. So I finally decided what to do with it. Uh, I don't think it's Sumitomo, so I'm going to classify it as unknown and i got back to work on that and i'm nearing the end that's an incredible project so again the sumitomo catalog that's it's battle of gods it's resurrection f it's bukai and it's super so it's chronologically every piece of music sumitomo has i guess has been used by sumitomo because maybe there's recorded pieces that didn't get used who knows didn't get released but everything so you can go to an episode page and i mean that's the idea is go to an episode page and see this piece of music played here and click through and see everywhere that was used Uh, that's the end goal that's right and uh probably once i get to the point where everything is cataloged like episode tables Mm -hmm. um it's going to be kind of like what you find on kenny sue's website yeah so once i get to that point where i have like the whole page and you can look at all the tables for the episodes i'll probably ask you to make that public even though I won't have individual pages made for every track yet. Of course, yeah, just like the main catalog page for it. Right. 
Um, I'll probably ask you to make that public. And also the catalog that has, you know, the ordered list of tracks as they were used. So I'm excited about that. I will be excited to have something that I've worked on finally public because I don't think... (laughs) I don't think any of yours are. Yeah, none of mine are public. And it's like, I have so many huge projects that are ongoing and it's going to be a while before most of that is available. So it'll feel nice to have something that I can share with people. It's going to be one of the biggest ones too. I mean, some of the other ones are pretty tending. I mean, Joe's, which page was his? Was it the the capsules page? That's a pretty long in-depth page, but some of the other ones, like one age page from Ken and some of mine are are pretty short. And for Sumitomo, uh, Kai was complicated because uh, the scores are slightly different between the Japanese and international versions. Right. So which one did you prioritize for that? Like in in order, the international or the Japanese? I did it by scene. And we talked about this before. I know it's been a year, but um, I did it by scene. So if, um, you know, even though they're edited differently, if, you know, one track comes in like just slightly before in the Japanese version, then Mm -hmm. I'll number it by where it came in in the Japanese version. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it's kind of complicated, but it works out. So the numbers will give you a clue of how uh, early in Kai they were used. But in some sure. cases, yeah, yeah. it's it might be something that was only used that early in the Japanese version. So we've done music, we've done GT, we've done super pages. <laughs> what else? There are a million other things you're working on. Once too. I'm finished with Sumitomo, I'm going to go back to Kikuchi. And yeah. uh, in the process of doing Kikuchi... Um, the snag that I hit there that made me want to take a break was I got to the, uh, Dr. Slump crossover episodes. Oh my God, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what to do with that music, you know, um, I'm going to have to probably number it separately, um, because eventually I'm probably going to want to catalog the Dr. Slump music one day, or maybe somebody else will. Uh, so that should probably be cataloged separately. Right. It's going to have to have a couple catalog numbers. It's going to have to have the, as used in Dragon Ball chronological slump numbers, and then it will have its actual chronological within slump numbers. And then it probably has an M or equivalent number from there too. Yeah. Well, I could, you know, theoretically replace the as used in Dragon Ball numbers eventually. Um, Right, right. But uh, the Dr. Slump soundtrack never got an official release. The only thing that was released was the movie soundtracks and the theme song collection. Mm -hmm. So um, that's going to be a major project for another day, certainly. So how how would you go about doing that? Would you... Just isolate all the pieces as used in Dragon Ball and then just start watching Dr. Slump and be on the lookout for anything that you recognize from the Dragon Ball ones? Or would you just just do the Slump catalog? Uh, for now, I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, no, I'm of course. Gonna, I'm just <laughs> going to say theoretically. this is from Dr. Slump. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same thing that I would have to do for any of the soundtracks that weren't released. Did uh, the Tokunaga soundtrack for GT ever get a release? So all that we ever got was the soundtrack for the 10th anniversary movie, which used Tokunaga's soundtrack. So any pieces that were used there in the movie got that release, but that's obviously a very limited portion of the soundtrack. 
Right. So, you know, for that, I'm going to be flying blind through that and everything's just going to get a number, which is basically what happens with the unreleased tracks in the rest of Dragon Ball music. So it's not that different from what I'm doing. So anyway, once I get back to Dragon Ball and Kikuchi, which should be pretty soon, as soon as I finish Sumitomo, then I'll also get back to making release pages for the Dragon Ball releases. Oh, that's right. You've been doing some of that kind of sporadically, um, you know, myself as well. Like, oh, this is a DVD. This is, uh, what did I scan? Oh, is the the Dragon Ball DVD releases? The, yeah, the, the, the saga sets. sets. Yeah, I'll go through those and copy any information uh, like character profiles, plot summaries, mm-hmm. all the stuff that's on the DVD or on the case or in the booklet that came with it or whatever uh, make sure all that information is out there that was my vision when i first made the dvd guide on taizen shui x like oh there's only so many dvds now i'm gonna have an individual page for them all and i'm gonna list what trailers are on there and i'm gonna put a screenshot of the menu and then funimation just never stopped releasing things and so it became impossible for a, a single person to do so I, i'm glad you know, 22 years into my website maintenance now that we can kind of get back to some of these you know original visions that I had. And just sitting here talking about all this stuff is making me want to hang up and get to work. I know. <laughs> I'm keeping us away from doing productive things. This is productive, though. It's somewhat productive. It I'm is. telling everybody how productive we are. Right, right. Look at me. Look how productive I am. Haven't I told you how productive I am? That's uh, pretty much all that I have to say anyway, so you might as well let me get back to work. <laughs> all right, that's fine. Uh, I'd say, what have you seen someone else working on? But you already mentioned it, uh, so yeah. it is um, animation stuff. I mean, the the He's the only the one who's been incredible. doing anything lately, except for the stuff that you added to the, uh, you did Kento-un and uh, the mm-hmm. Nyoibo. Yes, I am doing my... Journey to the West reread. So I'm taking notes as I go. And I've also taken notes for things that I haven't gone in and added to yet. Like there's some things that I know, like "Mm, I could write this now, but I remember this character comes back later. Like the Ox Demon King, he's got an early introduction, but he's got a major storyline later um, with his son. Is it Red Boy? Is that what it is? That's where the Basho Sen comes in. Like, I'm just going to wait before I add any of that stuff. Make my little notes for now and hold on to it. I don't know anything about it, to be quite honest, but I did make that Kento Um page mm-hmm. and I made a list of all the writers, people who could write it. Great. And then I was going back through for uh, Kikuchi stuff and uh, I'm watching some filler episodes that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I, did, I didn't realize, yes, Namu, he wrote Kento Un, and I didn't yeah, know that. that makes sense. So I added him to the list. That's a good page. I think Joe threw that on our candidates for public pages. I think. Did he? That's yeah, my page. That... He can't offer up my pages for public <laughs> <laughs> consumption. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, something I think like in the, the 90s of Journey to the West that I, I want to cite before I feel like I'm truly done with the the production there on that. But um, that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I love those kinds of pages where someone starts something and then a year later, someone else comes in and adds a bunch of stuff. And then the original person, it's like, oh yeah, that was a good page. Let me come back to that and add some more stuff into it too. Um, those are some of my favorites. Yep. So that's it. That's, that's all we've done on the wiki lately. <laughs> that's all. I mean, it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm, I know I'm putting in a lot of work. You sure are. Well, I appreciate everyone else appreciates it, too. I know Heath has been uh, out of the computer game for a little bit, but he's he's back on. Um, and I know he certainly appreciates everything you're doing, too. Well, that's, that makes me feel good. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go. I, I I can feel the like, I want to work on stuff again <laughs> yeah. from your end and you know my me. own. There's a couple things I want to get in there. Kind of lock myself away with Journey to the West. I think that's what I'm going to do, go do for a little bit. So, Trez, thank you very much. Um, follow on Twitter. Like, Yeah, I'm back on uh, Therese 27 now. I don't, I don't know if I'm offering anything special. I do occasionally tweet about what I'm working on, but everybody ignores yeah. me. So sometimes I forget to tweet what I'm working on because <laughs> I, I just assume that nobody cares. I tell you, I, I read everything, even if I don't acknowledge things. And I know that's bad because I feel the same way. I'm like, I type something and, and nobody just cares. went into the void. <laughs> did, did anyone read it? But I know people do that. I need to make a concerted effort to tell people whose stuff I read and stuff I listen to. Like, I enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs> so i say that to you all right i'm gonna let you go thank you so much okay thanks mike thanks to ian thanks to therese i uh, very much appreciate y'all taking the time and chatting on this podcast uh this kind of thing i love this is what i i love this podcast i do this for me <laughs> i get to chat with friends about cool things uh learn some new stuff get some context get some background um collaborate on projects uh, it truly could be that no one else listens to this. I just in, enjoy talking with people and working on things. Uh, but if you are listening to it, I, I certainly appreciate that. And I hope you got something out of this as well. Uh, what do we have going on on the outskirts that you can look forward to? Uh, Ian did mention he's doing some translation stuff, whether it's that interview and maybe a prior interview. Hopefully sometime around when you're listening to this, maybe we'll, we'll have those interviews uh, up and translated in full. And if not, uh, know that we're we're trying to get those coming. Heath is ever plugging away at back end administrative programming and design, all that stuff for Consensio. So I certainly uh, know and appreciate that. Uh, Julian's been helping out like mad. You heard Therese talking about stuff. Uh, he's just doing a lot of things in the background, translation stuff. Uh, he's very busy these days. So most of his uh, contributions are actually hidden right now, as opposed to being front and center, like new long form translations. Uh, I do want to give a, a massive shout out to Zenpai, uh, who recently joined us doing wiki stuff. Uh, lots of translation work. I don't think I could uh, truly <laughs> encompass here on the podcast just how much he's been working on as well. Uh, everyone, everyone involved with everything has just been doing great stuff. And I know you're sick of hearing that, but everyone's doing great stuff. It truly is great. Other than that, we've been doing, uh, again, some occasional community game streaming. Uh, it hasn't been as regular as it was, but check out Friday nights for possibly drawful streams. Uh, we open that up to the community. We have some, some friends to kind of make up the base of it but then we we unlock that room code and you can play along at home as well you don't need to buy anything you just need a second screen you watch on twitch and you play along on your phone um really doesn't have anything to do with dragon ball but just these times i think it's it's good fun to hang out and do things uh and completely unrelated to dragon ball um just selfish plug here every saturday night mario kart 8 p.m watch the insanity 
as a group of us get together and play. We've been doing this since the pandemic started, and uh, now it's turned into a stream in addition to us just being idiots uh, on our own. I'm running all that on just my personal Twitch, uh, Fujito EX. You can find that there. That all being said, www.kanzenshuu.com. That is Kanzenshu. Thank you for all the folks that joined us, all two of them this episode. Uh, our usual Kanzenshu friends and family. I have been Mike. I will see you next time on the podcast. Have a good day, good week. Check you next time.